Medic 61, District 6. Stage 1 shooting. Skimmer Wayne near Lakeland, Charles. 478 Tango. 378-1654. Thank you for joining us on Inside EMS. Now the always entertaining Chris Ceballero and the Ted Nugent of EMS, Kelly Grayson. Well, this is it, and here we go with another great edition of Inside EMS. I'm your host, Chris Ceballero. I got to tell you, fall is in full swing, and I'm going to be the guy to say it. 77 shopping days left till Christmas. And here's the guy that's on the top of my Christmas card list, Kelly Grayson. Kelly, how you doing? Oh, 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 oh. Really? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. I'm, uh, I'm ensconced in my hotel room at Secret Location, Colorado for my shooting weekend. And uh, about to get up in a few minutes and, and go teach, some, uh, teach a few lectures to some volunteer EMS uh, squads in the area. Yeah, I mean, you go up there every year, and uh, you know this is just the pilgrimage for you. A lot of people, That's some people right. go to Mecca, other people go to a uh, disclosed location in Colorado. That's right. We, I, I, I wreak havoc on the prairie dog population, and hopefully the doves, and, and occasionally the pronghorns. But um, uh, this is how I recharge my batteries, well, by going out and tur- turning expensive ammunition into smoke and noise. Well, I got to tell you what, I mean, I know that you're the better for it, and we get an awesome co-host from it, so uh, we appreciate your recharging, but we had a really great week. We got a lot of good stuff to talk on the news, but I'm going to go ahead and toss it to you because, you know, we've gotten into the habit now, and we may have to even add this as a segment to the show, Kelly, where people are starting to, you know, email us and talk about, you know, giving us some advice, and uh, you got a new one for us, so what do we got? Yeah, we got a uh, got a message. Um States, uh, I'll, I'll leave the EMT's name out of it, but they said, uh, I've gotten a job with the county EMS as an advanced EMT and should start in the next week or so, and terrified would be putting it mildly. How should I be filling my time and getting ready for the job? Um, this is a common refrain. We get this from, from EMT's, uh, new EMT's, new medics. Uh, you know, how do I, how do I prep? I'm scared. Um, am I going to fit in at this agency? They, the, the performance anxiety is, is, is pretty rampant in some of these people, and and uh, figured we'd talk about some of the ways that you can overcome that. So, Chris, you got a you got a new employee. What do you expect to see him do? You as a supervisor, as an administrator, what what kind of behavior do you expect out of your new employees? Yeah, I think that that's a great question. I think we're coming from two sides, you know, because you see these guys that come into the truck on the first day. Mm-hmm. I get to see these guys as I'm bringing them into the organization as well as during, uh, you know, their um, new employee orientation and so on. And, and some of the advice that I give to people is this, Kelly. You know, as you're getting ready, as you're preparing, learn as much as you can about the organization. There's a lot of things that are going on out there, a lot of information now with social media, a lot of information now with the Internet. Find out everything you can about your new uh, organization. Secondly, where are your challenges? List them down. On one side of the paper, go ahead and put, you know, what your strengths, you think your strengths are. Put what your weaknesses are. Because you're going to come out of school and, and you don't have the knowledge that, uh, you know, that you're going to be 100% across the, across the board. So where do you need to polish? Where do you need to bone up on? Just because you've come out of school now doesn't necessarily mean that you're the, the EMT or the paramedic that you should be. And, and your continuing education should start from day one once you say, yes, I'll take this job. And it's should never end. You know, there's two types of people, Kelly. You could either be goal-oriented, and being goal-oriented means, and it's good to have goals, but by the time you get to the goal, what's next? And a lot of times, we don't continually pick up goals. 
But I would say that you should be growth-oriented because that journey never ends. Mm-hmm. Grow every single day and get to that next step. The other thing that I tell people is when, when we're sitting in my office is, is EMS a career field or is EMS a stepping stone? And that's been a, and that's been a discussion for a long time, Kelly. Mm-hmm. And maybe they want to go to the fire academy or maybe they want to go to medical school or maybe they want to become a nurse. What I tell them and one of the best advices that I can give them is don't waste your time while you're here. Get into the clinical education process. Become an instructor. Learn about the leadership and get into our research projects because how is it going to look on a you know, a fire application to know that you were involved with the clinical education process at your last employer or on a medical school application if you were involved in research projects at your last employer. Use the opportunity to take advantage of what that organization has for you so you can grow, so you make yourself more marketable into the next area of your life. So that's some of the things that I kind of throw at them initially, but I think there's a lot more. I'd be interested to know what you think. Uh, coming at this from a, a field provider's and a preceptor's perspective, um, I, I get the nervous Nellies all the time. Uh, the, the first, uh, the first piece of advice I give a, a new hire or a new EMT is, is relax, breathe. I'm not going to cook you and eat you. Um, I'm not going to let you make mistakes that harm a patient. Uh, and you're going to learn more from your mistakes than you do from your successes anyway. I think it's important to consider that, that when, you, when these new hires come on board, when they're hired, no agency, no reputable EMS agency is going to put them on a truck full-time without the tools to succeed. Uh, it makes no sense. It makes no business sense. It makes no sense from a clinical standpoint to put someone on an ambulance taking care of patients who can't perform. So they're going to give you all the tools that you need to perform. You just need to remember the old adage that your mother taught you. You know, she gave God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Um, keep your ears open. Listen to what your preceptors tell you, uh, and and you know, speak when when needed. But but uh, be a, a knowledge sponge. Um, when you get in, when you get on the truck, I think the first thing you should do, the very first thing you should do when you get on the truck, is introduce yourself to your preceptor. And it's nice if you bring them breakfast or donuts, guys. So uh, bribes, bribes are. Uh, oh, don't are start them off that way, Kelly. Don't start them <laughs> off that way. Okay, all right. Bring me something healthy to eat, so my girlfriend won't kill me, and Brian Fast will be uh, will be proud of me. Uh, bring me something low carb and healthy. Um, but uh, show up. Uh, bright, shiny, uniform uh, pressed, sh- uh, boots polished, with a pen and a wristwatch. A pen and a wristwatch. Those are my pet peeves. If you don't have anything to write with, and you don't have anything to to take uh, note the time with, I, I wonder uh, how extensive your schooling and preparation was. Um, do you have, you know, uh, I am automatically suspect by people who take a pulse. Uh, and give me a pulse rate when they have no way to count a pulse rate. Now, no, they're not looking at the clock on the cardiac monitor. Among other things that our listener uh, asked was, uh, what do I need to do to fill my time and prep, get ready for the job before they even start their first day? And I would say that, you know, I would echo your comments about uh, learning as much as you can about your employer, uh, their their, uh, system design, crew configurations, uh, dispatch, uh, everything that you can, but more importantly, learn your service area. Now, we had some people that uh, in our last uh, podcast were talking about um, uh, the uh, problem 
medic who, who relied solely on her GPS and her phone for navigation. We had some, and, you know, Skip Kirkwood, among others, said, well, you know, you can't, it's impossible to know the service area in many, uh, uh, in many systems. Uh, I, I don't necessarily buy that. I think you can learn the major thoroughfares. You don't have to be a, a walking, talking street atlas, but you can learn the major thoroughfares and know what's east, west, north, and south of you. Um, uh, and get a leg up uh, on on navigating the streets, and when for those times when the GPS is not sufficient. Uh, so know your service area, uh, know your system very well, uh, and get off on the right foot with your preceptor. Um, those I think would be the big points on uh, uh, your first day on the job or to prep for your first day on the job. The clinical stuff is going to come. They wouldn't have hired you if they thought you were clinically incompetent. Okay. And it makes no sense for them to flunk you out and to fire you because of clinical incompetence after all the money they spent for drug testing and orientation and physicals and, and all of this sort of thing. It just doesn't make business sense to wash you out. They want you to stay and they want you to be a, a career-long employee uh, because those are, the best, uh, those are the best representations of their agency and, and uh, ultimately the, the most cost-efficient. So keep that in mind and, and keep, uh, keep criticism uh, uh, or view criticism in the right context. It's to make you better. It's not necessarily a, uh, a measure of your, of your failings as a provider. It's things you need to improve and grow. Yeah, I think that's a really good, solid advice, friend. And, you know, one of the things that I think is important that you said that I, wanna, I don't want to gloss over is as you're thinking about what you're doing to prepare, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said get out there and, and drive your coverage area. Drive that service area now and, and mm -hmm. take your POV and get lost and, and get back to the highway. And, you know, you, you said, you know, the major thoroughfares, um, you know, which streets go where. But I, I think you really need to know where north, south, east and west is at all times and, and in correlation to the sun and, and how to get back to those major thoroughfares. But I, I want to go ahead and touch on a little bit from the provider side. Because first off, I want to say this, and Kelly, I don't know if you know this, but EMS is a very egotistical business. Oh, n really? Well, no. I, I, I don't mean to surprise <laughs> you. I don't mean to surprise you, and I apologize for doing it. But it's that egotism that keeps us from asking the questions why, because we don't want to look like we don't know what we're talking about in front of our peers. If you know everything there is to know about EMS, raise your hand. And even to this day, with almost 30 years, and I'm sure Kelly Grayson's the same way with 25-plus years in the career field, he learns something almost every day, whether it's patient interaction, whether it's mm -hmm. uh, assessment skills, whether it's the latest researcher article. You know, he's a guy, I'm a guy, who's trying to learn as much about his career field as possible. And with yep. a combined 55, almost 60 years of experience, we're on the growth journey uh, of developing our our, our craft. Now, you don't know everything there is to know about EMS. If you come across something that you don't know, if you come across an acronym you're not familiar with, it's okay to say, what does that mean? I don't understand it. So when you talk about normal S1 and S2, so, uh -huh. can you explain that to me a little bit more? I know we touched on it in school and, and I kind of read what it was about, but I don't have a thorough understanding about that. It's okay to raise your hand and say, I don't know. If you're taking notes, mm -hmm. write this down. Experience comes from mistakes, and mistakes come from lack of experience. For you to gain your wisdom, and you to gain your knowledge, and you to gain your experience, you are going to fall on your face. But the failure isn't falling down. The failure is not getting up. Mm -hmm. 
exactly. You know, and, and I have a, a variation on that. Good judgment comes from experience, and experience comes from bad judgment. Um, and, and the caveat to remember is that it doesn't have to be personal experience to be valuable. That's why you listen. That's why you talk and collaborate and discuss calls with your preceptor and your partner because their, their experience is beneficial to you as well, and, and they're not going to share it unless you ask. Um, well, some will, but, but uh, you need to ask, and you need to, to uh, keep an open mind and, and, uh, and discuss. Um, you know, with the, you mentioned the, the experience factor, and, and I'd like to point out that, you know, the most, the, the biggest growing pains when you're hired at a new employer are not buffing up your clinical skills. It's getting used to the organizational culture. And in that regard, the 20-year medic is at the same, uh, is at the same starting point as the, the brand new medic whose ink is still tacky on a certification card. You're both having to get used to a new organizational culture. So start small. Start small, and by that I mean you need to learn everything you can about your organization, be comfortable with their policies and procedures and their guidelines and stuff. The, but you, you start with the micro stuff. Where you work, that's your truck. Start with your truck. Know your truck inside and out. The very first day on the job, the very first thing you should do after you introduce yourself to your preceptor and impress him with your mad... Uh, um, Donut bringing skills. Yeah, donut bringing skills and and your your sartorial splendor and your uh, your brand new uniform is get on that truck and inventory everything, even if it's not particularly your responsibility. For example, our, you know our paramedics inventory the ALS bag and uh, and the drug box and the monitor and stuff, and and the EMT partner uh, uh, does everything else, including the rig checkout. But ultimately, you as a paramedic are responsible for everything on that truck. So be able to find anything in the truck. Start there. Uh, that's the micro part. Learn your truck as best you can. Um, and once you've learned your truck inside and out and you're comfortable in, in that working environment, then you expand it a little bit. Um, learn, uh, learn the coverage area a little better. Learn your dispatch and, and uh, unit deployment plan, where your posting locations are, where your hospital locations are. Um, Keep in mind that uh, here's another flaw of GPS. If you use GPS to find a hospital, uh, it finds the hospital, but it doesn't do such a good job as finding the ambulance bay. And anyone who has ever transported a patient to a hospital in Houston, Texas, understands what I'm talking about. Um, the hospitals are a couple of city blocks. They're complexes that you can drive around aimlessly for 20 minutes and never figure out where they hide the ambulance entrance. So, so that's the first thing I noticed. Because when you uh, in, when you get there and find it, they give you a block of cheese. Yeah, yeah they give you. A, yeah, you you've made it through the Skinner box, and you've, you your cheese is your reward. Uh, and and over there, they they seem to uh, think that uh, they treat uh, ambulance entrances as a dirty little secret. You know, it's in a, a tastefully lettered sign that's about twelve inches square, and it's not backlit, and it's hidden by a tastefully manicured shrubbery, uh, as if to say, well, you know, here's the ambulance, but we here's the ambulance entrance. Uh, you really don't want to go there. Um, so when we find those, the first thing I tell a, a new EMT is, okay, now that we found the ambulance entrance and you have your handy GPS suction cup to the windshield, go ahead, hit find location, 
add that as St. Luke's Emergency Department or St. Luke's uh, Ambulance Entrance or Memorial Hermann Ambulance Entrance. That way you won't be driving around the block aimlessly uh, asking uh, pedestrians, hey, uh, where does the ambulance go around here? Um, that's just one example. Just start with the little stuff uh, and expand your scope. The more comfortable you get with your rig, then you can, uh, you can learn your posting locations, you can learn your streets better, you can learn the names of your coworkers and colleagues. Uh, and, and just expand from there. Start small. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I mean, and, and we're turning this into a whole little show by itself, but I think that one of the things that's it's interesting that you said is, is learn your, you know, your truck and learn your equipment and learn where everything is. One of the things that I used to use as a best practice. Now, I, I want to preface this by saying, what kind of EMT and paramedic do you want to be? Do you want to be the EMT and paramedic that's a shotgun paramedic, that's a protocol paramedic that just does it because the protocols say so? Or do you want to develop your skills? Do you want to develop your practice? Do you want to develop who you are as a clinician and actually become a clinician and know the mm -hmm. whys and know the medications and know how they interact and know what they do in the body and know what the suspected or know what the outcome is once you give that medication? If that's the, the, the EMT and paramedic you want to be, it's always about reading. It's always about inquiring. It's always about talking. It's always about researching. But one of the things that I used to do as a best practice, Kelly, to learn the back of the truck is I would sit in the mm -hmm. back of the truck in different locations where I'd be interacting with the patient. So sometimes I'd sit in the captain's chair. If patient care was done, we're having a nice leisurely ride, I'd move to the captain's chair. If I needed to work with the patient, I'd sit right next to him on the bench seat. But if I sat in the captain's chair, I would close my eyes and I would drop my head and I would reach for something on the action wall that I knew exactly where it was. So if I needed whatever was on the action wall, I knew where my hand should be. Now, then I would be able to follow that, but at least I wasn't wasting my time with where is it. If I sat on the bench seat, I would close my eyes and say, okay, you need an OB kit, where is it? And I would start to reach for it. So at least it would give me some semblance that if I was in the heat of battle and I needed to yeah. grab something, I was going to the right area right away. And, and to me, that's a best practice only because I wanted to deliver the highest quality of patient care. I wanted to make sure that my patients were able to get what they needed from me. I didn't want to waste time fumbling around for my equipment. So as a mental test for me, I would do what I called the blind equipment check. Now, mm -hmm. another thing that I want to touch on that we haven't touched on yet is this. EMS is a very professional career field. And everybody in EMS considers themselves to be professional, and I think that that's awesome. When you come out, you're going to be motivated, and you're going to be inspired, and you're going to be wanting to deliver great care, and you're going to want to be there on the worst day of somebody's life, and you're going to find out that there's a lot of routine that's going on. But what you're also going to find is you're going to find negativity. And you're going to mm -hmm. find people who are cancers of the organization. And you're going to find people who are bad-mouthing the processes and bad-mouthing the organization and bad-mouthing this section of town and bad-mouthing that we've got a late call. Don't allow those people, those negative people, those unhappy people, those people that have attitudes to affect your behavior, to affect your motivation to affect your inspiration nothing that you're going to do is going to make those people happy and it's not your responsibility to make those happy but don't fall into the trap of becoming part of their negative thoughts and their negative behaviors you're right you know that their every service has them um they're easy to spot um just don't 
look at them as role models. Um, you know, I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt said that small minds talk about people, great minds talk about ideas. Uh, so the the way you can spot a small mind in your colleagues is they're gossiping about your uh, about their coworkers or or bad mouthing people at the ER and that sort of thing. You know, it's a it's a different thing entirely when you are uh, venting to your partner uh, about something that happened, uh, conflict with someone, ER, a coworker, uh, or a patient that just particularly bugged you, and and the 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 uh, the rule there is what happens on the truck stays on the truck, um, you know, with the obvious caveats that if it was harm patient care, it was a violation of, of, of your ethical standards. Uh, it doesn't need to stay on the truck. It needs to be addressed. But, you know, trust your partner to, uh, to um, keep your information confidential. But on the other hand, if you're a brand new employee and someone is doing that to you, uh, that's not venting to your partner. That's not venting to your partner. Uh, and that just shows a, a, uh, a monumental lack of respect for the organization and the profession. Um, if you're going, you always want to put the, the best foot forward for, for yourself and the organization and strive to make a good impression, uh, both personally and professionally uh, as a representative of EMS and a representative of that EMS agency. People that don't do that are not the kind of people that you want to hang around in EMS and, and model your uh, model your career after. Not at all. Um, it, that shows that they're either too burnout or too apathetic uh, to uh, to be a good medic or EMT, and that's not the kind of person you want to be. You know, I have my problems with my employer. Uh, um, I have my my issues with some of their policies and procedures, but uh, I also have been doing this long enough to know that why some of those policies and procedures are in place. Uh, I don't like them, but I accept them, uh, and, and I treat them as sacrosanct, when, uh, especially around new employees, um, because the, they're in place for a reason, and uh, the new employee, employee may not have enough time at that agency to, to have the, you know, the, the perspective on, on why they may not make sense in all conditions. Um, that's why many of your orientation programs, uh, a lot of the rules and policies and procedures and protocols are taught as absolutes. Uh, you need time with that agency and time in the field before you can start to see the nuance uh, of, of when those absolutes are, are not absolute at all and, and when there's, there's wiggle room. Um, but till then, uh, learn everything you can and follow it to the letter. Yeah, and uh, I have to agree, and I think we've given some really good advice. I want to go ahead and just touch on something. You know, you talked about the Eleanor Roosevelt quote, and it's one mm -hmm. of my favorite quotes. I want to go ahead and give it to you. It's great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, small minds discuss people. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, and that's just saying basically that, you know, you know, develop, man. Don't worry about what, you know, don't point fingers, fix problems, work as teams. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I really like that quote, and I think it really goes well into our career field. You know, so Kelly, I, I mean, I got to say, you know, I, I think we've given some really solid advice. And, mm -hmm. and, and you know, I, I think the advice that we've given here is not just necessarily for the new people either. We gave some really great advice for the, the incumbents of the organization. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes you may think about, you know, what am I doing? If you're getting up every day just to pay the bills and just to make the ends meet, what kind of life is that? You're in a great career field, you're in a dynamic career field, you're in an exciting career field, 
give yourself the opportunity and and, and give your life the the enjoyment of being in the career field. Mm-hmm. Learn everything there is to know about it. Read articles. You know, you, you've got listen to these outstanding podcasts and and by your two co-hosts. Um, you know, start to write yourself. Start to read. You know, start to speak. Take advantage of being in the career field and allow yourself to grow in your life. Mm-hmm. Live your life. Don't let life live you. And, and I think that we've given some really great advice here for people in EMS and not just the new people who are coming in to be successful, to be effective, and to deliver the highest quality of patient care. Yeah. You know, I, I think that coming from personally having gone through burnout and, and rejuvenation multiple times in my career, um, you're going to experience it. And, and one thing I've learned is that happiness is a choice. You know, it's well known that I suffer from depression, um, but uh, the way I combat it is going out and doing happy things. Um, I don't medicate, but you know, that's not, that's my choice. Um, and, and the same is true of, of happiness with your career. Um, it's the difference between saying, I've got to go work on an ambulance today, and I get to go work on an ambulance today. Uh, and that's simply a matter of your mindset. Um, uh, you know, focus on the positives um, and, and, you know, approach your, your career and, and every day at work with the attitude, hey, I get to go be an EMT today. How cool could that be? Um, and, you know, the, the happiness and, and career satisfaction is, is a, a choice most often. It's, it's all about the way you view the world around you. But, hey, that's just what I think. We'd like to hear what you think as well. So give us your concerns, comments, and suggestions at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Ciballero, I'm Kelly Grayson, and thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week.